welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee of Abiding Life Ministries. You can write us at Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771, or email me personally at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. Um, we will be on the radio, on Blog Talk Radio, the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And we appreciate you listening in. And uh, I'm going to teach tonight on, a, on, on insomnia, a spirit of insomnia. And in spite of what the world uh, may tell you, insomnia is not a disease. It's a spiritual problem. And so God wants to heal you of your sleeplessness if that's a problem. And even if you are able to sleep, um, the message will help you to be able to find God's peace. And so let's just begin by prayer. Father, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you that you're our king, our God, our Lord, our master. And, Lord, there's no God beside you. And we acknowledge that you're the king. We acknowledge you're our healer, our deliverer. And, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to anoint your word tonight. I pray for the anointing that breaks the yoke. I pray for every person who hears this message, Lord, that your divine touch will be upon them. Lord, that they'll receive the truth that sets them free, that they'll be able to sleep in peace that they will know your peace, embrace your peace. And, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you. Lord, I ask you to anoint the ears of every person who's listening in. I ask you to cover us all with the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, I just bind the strong man over every life. I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth, forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places, to work divination against this program, against anyone listening in, against Dorothy, our sponsor, and her family, against me or my family, in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. I bind, I pray, Father, a special covering of warrior angels over and around us, to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment, every satanic ritual, word of death, word of iniquity uh, that, is, that is being spoken over us, boomerang it back on the enemy seven times over, um, unbroken and in full force, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Father, I pray the eyes of every heart will be enlightened. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and every tongue that accuses us in judgment, we condemn now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. For, for it is written, this is the heritage of those that serve and seek the Lord, in Jesus' name. Well, as I said tonight, I want to teach on insomnia, and it's not, um, it's not a disease, as the world would tell you, spiritual problem, and it's basically rooted in a lack of peace, of not being able to enter God's rest, a discontentment, uh, and a big part of our lack of peace comes in through not being protected by our Father. I remember when I was growing up, my dad was, I always respected him so much because he was so strong. He was always home at night, and I tell you, you always felt safe. And I thank the Lord for my dad. He's in heaven now, but uh, 
I thank God I'll see him again because he knew the Lord. And he taught me about Jesus when I was little. And, you know, I just want to say for those of you who are listening in, you can never know God's peace. You can never know God's rest. You can never sleep perfectly until you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you're listening in, uh, you need to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. You know, 90% of church members have never even been born again. Uh, What they believe in their head has never got down into their heart to transform their heart. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, new creature. All things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And so uh, I accepted the Lord when I was 25 years old. My life didn't change. I kept cussing. I kept uh, listening to dirty jokes. I kept uh, uh, not doing right, and my life never changed. But I was born again when I was 25, and everything about me changed. And did I become a perfect person? No. But I tell you, from that day forward, my life has increasingly uh, been brought closer to Jesus. And I thank God for this. Actually, it's been 54 years since I've come to know Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Uh, But I accepted him three years even before that or five years before that. But um, Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you have to be willing to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And basically, that is what salvation is. It's a walk of denying yourself. First of all, it starts with receiving Jesus as your Savior, but then you can't go on living like you've lived. And when you're a new creation in Christ, you don't even want to. You cannot explain salvation except to say that you know that you know that you know you have it. And if you are listening to me now and you don't know that you know that you know that you have it, you need to submit yourself 100%. To the Lord Jesus Christ, receive him as Savior. Perhaps you're a church member and you just kind of only clean up the outside. Well, God wants to clean up our hearts. We're all a work in progress. We won't be perfect till we enter eternity, and he will jerk us into perfection. But while we're here, we have to overcome some things. Uh, The promises of God are to the overcomer. But the word insomnia means an inability to obtain sufficient sleep especially when chronic, there's a chronic difficulty in falling to sleep or staying asleep or sleeplessness. And there's an estimated 50 to 70 million Americans suffer from insomnia and many other sleep disorders, which, you, you know, I don't have to tell you, when you, can't, when you don't sleep well at night, you don't function normally during the day, not, not, not counting how, what, how grouchy you are when you don't get enough rest. And if you're in jobs that are very um, dangerous jobs, you need to get a lot of rest so that you can be alert to not uh, to your life. Sleep disorders can lead to conditions such as uh, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, stroke. Um, and the world uh, treats people with, with uh, medicines, sleep medications. Um, adults who take sleep pill, sleeping pills In even small numbers, they may be nearly as four times more likely to die early compared to those who do not take sleeping pills. According to the new new findings published in the British Medical Journal, journal, people prescribed sleeping pills uh, uh, may be also more likely to, to have an earlier death or to be diagnosed with cancer. Researchers looked at uh, electronic medical records of nearly 35,000 people, and fewer than half of them took uh, such FDA 
uh, approved sleeping drugs such as Ambien, Restoral, Lunesta, and Sonata, and there's so many others that I haven't even named. But but they found through this study that people that took fewer than even 18 sleeping pills a year were at a greater risk of dying an early death as compared to those who did not take sleeping medications. And so uh, I encourage you to... Um, I'm not telling you not to take them, but I'm telling you that the more deliverance you get, work with your doctor. The more deliverance you get, the less you'll need them. And um, one good thing, uh, one thing that's good for uh, sleeping, sometimes a lack of magnesium can be something that would cause somebody to not sleep well. And you can get that, you can get a, a, a product called Natural Calm at the health food store, and uh, that'll help you sleep. Besides that, it's good for your heart. It's a mineral. But uh, I believe the word of God bears this out, that the greatest problem with our sleep or not feeling protected when we sleep is our relationship to our earthly father. You know, fathers are to be protect- protectors of the home. They're to be people that, that train us up in the way we should go, lead us, guide us, make us feel secure, confirm us. And when we don't have a father that protects us, that opens us up to great fear. I know there's people that have been satanically richly abused, for example, and they don't sleep because during the night, that's nighttime is when they do the rituals. The nighttime is when they're raped, they're molested, and they sleep, and they have to feel like they have to stay awake. I remember years ago a precious lady that I had ministered to that uh, came out of Satanism. She was satanically richly abused for years before I even really was in the ministry as active as I am now. Um, I would spend probably 10 hours a day with her ministering deliverance. Uh, and uh, I would have to pray her to sleep for probably uh, two years. I would pray her to sleep every night because bad things happen at night. See, that's a lie. So we make vows. i got to stay awake. So what happens is that makes us uh, in, in unable to sleep because a vow works like a train track. I can vow a certain thing won't happen, and it'll work like a train track. It'll end up. Uh, coming right around to the very thing I vowed it wouldn't that wouldn't happen. And so in spite of what the world tells you, um, insomnia is not a disease; it's a spiritual problem, and it comes in through the lack of peace, the lack of rest, you know, or through the lack of contentment. You know, the Bible says that in uh, I think it's First um, Timothy six uh, says that godliness is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. And contentment can be defined as uh, that is can be defined as being satisfied with what one has or does not have, wanting no more or nothing less or anything less. It means to be gratified mentally and emotionally, satisfied with things as they are. It means to have peace of mind, uh, mental and emotional uh, satisfaction. That's what contentment means. And so godliness is a means of great gain when, when accompanied by contentment. And if we're not, content, if we're not contented, um, it kind of negates godliness. So if it's a, main, if it's a great gain when, it, when it's accompanied by contentment, it's, a, it's of no gain to us if there's discontentment. And I can think of a time in my life when, when I would read the word contented or discontented, I think, you know, I really don't know God's contentment. I can say today, that I know what it is to be totally contented, and that's where God wants to bring us all. Now, we're all a work in progress. God's not through with me. He's not through with you. And um, 
you know, the Lord showed me today, uh, you know, I'm constantly repentant of my sin. He showed me today how I had expected my family members to be perfect. And, of course, nobody's perfect, and that causes you to be intolerant of their imperfections, just like people have been intolerant of your imperfections. So we have to keep in mind that we're all a work in progress, that God's not through with all of us, and there's no perfect people. And I repented of that today. And then when God gives me the opportunity, I will repent to my family. You know, we're loved based on our performance, and God doesn't want us. He doesn't want our performance. That stinks. And that's filthy rags. Um, he wants us to just uh, get on his potter wheel, potter's wheel and enter his rest. The scripture says that God's a potter and, I'm in, and we're the clay. And all the clay does is rest on the potter's wheel, which is a picture of us yielding our life to the potter. And the potter, he fashions us, he shapes us, he molds us, he takes out the trash and he takes out the junk. But we've been all trained up to turn the potter's wheel, which takes away our rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. So he invites us to come. We have to humble ourselves to come. We have to let go of our life um, to come. And uh, the other day I heard this revelation. I think it is so good where it says, um, be still and know that I am God. That means let it all go. Everything that's troubling you, everything that's worrying you, let it go and put yourself in the hands of the potter. Yield to the potter, and he does all the work. And so when we've been performance-oriented, we've been trying to turn the potter. We've been trying to do it ourselves, and God is not pleased with that. That's the wood hand stubble, stubble that will be burned up on Judgment Day. So he wants us to be gratified mentally and emotionally, uh, be satisfied with things as they are, to have peace of mind, mental and emotional satisfaction. Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. That means pay attention. Incline your ear to my sayings. That means stretch out your ear to listen. Do not let them, my words, depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And, of course, uh, this could be a root to eye problems, focusing our eyes on the wrong thing and not keeping our eyes focused upon the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 4.22 says, For they, words of God, the word, they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. So when we pay attention to the word of God, there's life and health. When we disobey, there's death and sickness. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, to watch over my heart, your heart is your spiritual garden. In your heart, out of what's down in your heart, what's planted in your heart, comes up into your thought life and comes out your mouth. That's what the word says, that, that, um, the, that, that words proceed from the heart and thoughts also proceed from the heart. And that's in Matthew uh, 12 and also Matthew 15. And so God's telling us to watch over our spiritual garden because whatever kind of seed we plant in that garden is what kind of seed comes up. Many people are troubled and tormented by the things that they plant down in their spiritual garden. It says in in Matthew 13 and Luke 8 and Mark 4 that the 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 Word of God is seed, 
Well, words are seeds. And what we do is we plant seeds down in our heart that produce uh, bad fruit. Uh, if you plant corn, you're going to get a stalk of corn with bunches of ears of corn, with hundreds, hundreds of kernels of corn. Uh, you're going to get more than you plant. You plant one kernel, and look how much corn comes from one kernel. You get more than you plant, the same thing you plant, and later than you plant. So if I'm watching TV and I'm uh, watching commercials and stuff on TV, I'm planting those kind of seeds of lust and violence, of fear, of murder, of contention and strife, of perversion, of witchcraft. That's what I'm planting down in my spiritual garden. So God tells me to watch over my heart. Uh, In other words, pay attention to what kind of seeds you're planting in your spiritual garden. It tells you in Hosea Hosea, uh, 10 uh, to sow with a view to righteousness uh, so that you can reap in accordance with kindness. And it says in Proverbs that, uh, it says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, um, no, I'm sorry, in Galatians, it says what you sow, you're going to reap. It says that also in Proverbs. Isaiah 26 says, uh, the steadfast of mine, he will keep in perfect peace because he trusts, we're trusting in the Lord. So if we don't have perfect peace, it's because our trust is perverted. We're trusting in the wrong thing. And so we have to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what the word says. And so it tells me to watch over my heart. Isaiah 26 says, keep him if if I uh, the steadfast of mine, he will keep in perfect peace when the mind is stayed upon him. Jesus said, "My peace I leave you, my peace I give you." Psalms twenty three says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I I shall not want." That means all my needs are taken care of. He leads me in in a uh, it, it says he leads me to green pastures, which is a place of provision. It's a place of feeding. He leads me by path, in paths of uh, by still waters, which is a picture of peace. If you've ever seen the stillness on a lake or the stillness on waters, he leads me by still waters, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So that means that he's not going to lead me down a path that's going to produce unrighteousness. It says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So that means, and it says, uh, my cup runs over, and that means that I don't have to fear ISIS. I don't have to fear... Uh, MS-13, I don't have to fear things happening, uh, somebody hurting me, because if I'm dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God, I abide under his shadow and protection. It says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that means that the shepherd protects the sheep. And it says it goes on to say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, for me to trust the shepherd, I'm going to have to trust him. Now, if you um, if you study what a shepherd does, a shepherd feeds the sheep, watches over the sheep, uh, uses that rod and staff to um, to whip off the the enemy that's trying to get the sheep. Um, he he, the sheep are peaceful, and so. I need to study what a good shepherd is. The scripture says, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger is the voice of another. That means a different voice other than the voice of of God, which is the word of God. 
God never tells you anything that contradicts His word. Um, we're to seek, and, and, and we're to seek peace and pursue it. That's not a that's not an option. That's a command. Psalm 34, verse 14 says, "Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it." Well, how do I seek peace and pursue it? How do I do that? Well, when I go through a trial or something's bothering me or I'm fearful or if I can't sleep, I ask the Lord, Lord, why is it you're trying to teach me through this and then repent of what he tries to teach me and then um, I'm pursuing peace. And as I repent, confess my sin, then he conforms me into his image, more into his image. And that's a process that will, that will go on until I enter eternity. So that's the way I seek peace is I don't allow... Um, I don't allow a troubled heart in my in my life. I, if I've got a troubled heart, I take it before God and say, Lord, why is my heart troubled? You said, let not my heart be troubled. Why is it troubled? And then if it's, uh, say, I'm worrying over finances, you have to let it go. Be still and know that I'm God. And so that means let it all go. Jesus said, if you give up your life, you find it. You hold on to your life, you lose it. And so the way I deny myself, take up my cross and follow the Lord is I just let it go, being the good shepherd. Now, if you've been a poor steward, if you've been a person that doesn't tithe, doesn't give, you know, you get what you give. You give nothing, you get nothing. And uh, if you give love, you get love. If you give hate, you get hate. You get back uh, by your standard of measure. Matthew 7 says it's measured back to you. And so... Uh, and another thing, there, you know, if you don't expect, if you charge up a bunch of charge, charge cards and you're not paying back your bills, well, that's going to take away your peace. And so pray the Lord helps you get out of debt. And if you can only pay your creditors a dollar, each one of them a dollar, do that to show that you're trying. Now, they they want the whole thing. But, you know, if you can't give them the whole thing, at least show God that you're willing to try to do whatever you can. And whether they take it or not, that's their problem. Okay, another thing that takes away our peace is to turn back to folly. The scripture says, forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. Your folly is your foolishness, whatever you've done to be foolish. There's another scripture that says, um, the folly of a fool is his discipline. For example, if I go out, if I overeat, my folly is I'm going to gain weight. Uh, or, or if I'm out there charging things that I can't pay for, my folly's going to discipline me. I'm going to have bill collectors calling me. So God wants us, and this is not to condemn anybody that is there. It's to help you walk through this and get out of it. And God will help you get out of it. But you've got to be a person of integrity. You, when you don't pay back what you owe, that's the same thing as stealing. And the scripture says that there's a curse on the house of the thief. So whether you've sold it or not, maybe your forefathers have. And so we're, you know, we've had a bunch of stuff in our spiritual garden because of the sins of the forefathers. Everything your forefathers failed to repent of is still on you until you take accountability for it. You know, Jesus, if, if somebody put a million dollars in your bank account and you didn't write a check on it, it would do you no good. And so what Jesus did at Calvary was far more than giving you $10 million or a $1 million. He, he gave you an inheritance in him, and uh, you have to appropriate it. It's almost like you have to appropriating means write a check on it, bank on it, stand on what his word tells you. 
uh, to do, and we all have to do it. I've got areas of my life I'm standing and believing God, and I'm, I'm seeing miracles, and you will too. Psalms 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord says, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. Let them not turn back to folly. And so folly is the opposite of the fear of God. The fear of the Lord turns you away from evil. Folly causes you to continue in your in your sin and in your foolishness. And loving God's law gives you great peace. Loving God's word. It says in Psalms 119, verse 165, those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. And then another thing that can take away our peace is living with people who... Um, hate peace Uh, you know many of you are in marriages and and I can say that I was in a marriage where you know I could have peace but uh but living with someone who didn't have peace or who hated peace uh you know I had a a lady tell me that her husband said to her one day you've ruined my life do you know that nobody can ruin your life except you nobody can take away your peace even if you live in a hellhole you can still have God's peace in the midst of the storm it says in Psalms 120, verse 6, Too long has my soul uh, had its dwelling with those who hate peace. And so if you're living with someone that doesn't want to walk in peace, you forgive them, you do whatever it can to walk in peace with them, uh, don't compromise God's word, but you can dwell in peace. You can know that peace. And um, God, God wants us to live in peace. You know, I know people that live in situations where the husband is molesting the children or where he's dealing drugs or alcohol. You know, God gives us a loophole in First Corinthians. I don't believe in divorce at all. But First Corinthians chapter 7 says, If a woman will let a woman leave her home, but if she leaves, let her remain single. God wants his people to live in peace. And so if you're that person and you're living in a hellhole with someone that is defiling your children or uh, bringing abominations into your house, it's okay to separate for a season uh, because uh, when you do that, God calls you to live in peace. But you have to remain single unless it's for the for the sin of adultery um, because God wants your children to be godly. And, he, and, and God wants a home. He wants you husbands that are listening. Be a spiritual leader of your home. Lead your wife. Wash your family with the word. Pray for your children. You have tremendous authority and tremendous power uh, to pray for your family. Uh, you, you are the spiritual leader. Stand up and be the spiritual leader. You know, if we're disobedient to the voice of God and his commandment, uh, commandments, the scripture says that you'll be the tail instead of the head. No matter how much your wife wants to make you the head, you'll still be the tail. And same with you wives. God wants us to be the head and not the tail. Psalms 119, uh, I've already said that those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes him to stumble. Um, Another thing that takes away our peace is being on the path, is not being on the path of wisdom, which is a pleasant, peaceful path. Uh, You know, in 19... um, I guess it was about 1990. My son had just died of AIDS. My husband had left because he didn't want a homosexual with AIDS in the home. And I tell you, I knew God's peace in the midst of all of this. And I was in the midst of all of that. I was happy 
and had God's joy. But my neighbor said to me one day, Jerry, you just have so many problems. And I began to seek the Lord. I thought, Lord, am I, am I, uh, am I deceived? Uh, should I not be peaceful and happy? And I began to seek the Lord about it. I went up to Maine to see my, my family, and my granddaughters were like four and two. And I was reading the Bible to them one day, one morning, and I came to this scripture in Proverbs 3.17. Her ways, all the paths of wisdom, are all of her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are paths of peace. And happy are all those who hold her fast. And so God used that scripture to confirm to me that in the midst of all the hell I was living in, I could have God's peace because I, I was repented up, prayed up, not perfect, still a work in progress, but doing everything I knew to keep peace, doing everything I knew to do what God wanted me to do. Another thing that takes away our peace is when children grow up, have made them be the mommy, the daddy, the caretaker of the family, um, and put the government on their shoulders. The other day, I, and I might have shared this last time, but I had a lady call me and she said, um, I've, she said, I've got something wrong with my side. Uh, and, and she said, the doctors can't find anything wrong with me. And I asked her that, I said, when you were growing up as a child, did you have to uh, carry your brothers and sisters? She said, yeah, and my mother and my daddy too. And so, see, she was trained up to carry loads. And I said, so now you're still carrying your uh, husband and your family. You're still carrying everybody. And she said, yes. And so I led her to forgive her mother and father uh, for their poor stewardship and to take the government off her shoulders and put the government on God's shoulders where it belonged. And she did, and the pain left. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child will be born, and to us a son will be given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. You see, if your hip or your side is a picture of nurture. It says in, I believe it's in, Isaiah, I'm not sure if this is right, but I'm thinking it's Isaiah 66, where it says, God says, I will, and this is what the Amplified Bible says, that I, God, will pick you up on my hip and throttle you, lovingly bounce you up and down on my knees, which means on my maternal knees. You know, another word for God is El Shaddai, the many-breasted God. So that's a picture of nurture. And so another thing that can take away my peace is not having my mind stayed upon him, uh, which assures me peace of mind. And I've already quoted this. It says, the steadfast of mind you will keep in peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Praise God. And then having wickedness in my life or in my bloodline can hinder me from peace. You know, it says, you know, you may you may not have been a wicked person, but if you've been a person that won't forgive, Matthew 18, God says, you wicked slave, you know, I forgave you all this debt and you didn't forgive, and he called him a wicked slave and said, I'm going to turn you over to the tormentors. And that's in Matthew 18. When we don't forgive, we're turned over to the tormentors, which takes away our peace. But Isaiah 48 says, just say you have a wicked forefather and you've not done wickedness. It says, then you can see, it says, there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. So if your forefathers were wicked and they didn't repent, that's passed down on you um, to not have peace. And so in, in getting deliverance and healing, you have to deal with um, 
your sin and you have to deal with the generational iniquities of the forefathers. Now, you don't ask God to forgive your forefathers because they're either in heaven or hell right now. But but what you're doing is you're not blaming your parents, but you're taking accountability for your wrong responses, for letting the sun go down on your anger, for not dealing with the sin. So when you're breaking generational curses, it's like you're standing up in your bloodline and saying, Lord, I recognize all this stuff coming down. I put that under the blood of Jesus, and I say it goes no further. I break those curses off my life. That's how you break generational curses. And so you can just kind of, um, if you, you, many of you know about your forefathers, you know about your mother and father, you know about the dysfunction that's in your bloodline, but others of you don't even know what's, what's there. So, but the Lord will show you. But in Christ, we have a covenant of peace. Isaiah 54 verse 16, I'm sorry, Isaiah 54 verse 10 says, for the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord of hosts, who has compassion on you. Now, God won't remove your covenant of peace, but you can break that covenant by, uh, by your disobedience. You can lose your peace. In 1978, my dad gave me a brand new he told me to go down to the Cadillac place and buy me a brand-new uh, Cadillac Eldorado and buy, buy me anything I wanted. And so I bought this beautiful car that I could have never afforded. On a, At the time, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to buy the, the, the car. And so he told me to go down and buy whatever I wanted, and he'd pay for it. Well, I bought this beautiful Cadillac Eldorado, and it, it was white with gold wheels, and it was the most beautiful car. And it, if, you, if the gear shift was just a little bit out of whack, it would read across the computer, system problem. So whenever we lose our peace, we have a system problem. God's trying to show you something. He's trying to show you where you violated the Word of God. He's trying to show you when you've moved away from the Word of God, and he wants to show you how to get your peace back through 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, uh, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so when I walk in an upright way, it will guarantee me to have peace. Psalm 57, verse 2 says, He enters into peace, uh, but they rest upon their beds, each one who has, not, who has walked in an upright way. So when we, uh, we have, we're troubled and we're fearful, uh, when we uh, worry, it's a guarantee, we're guaranteed to lose our peace. The few times in my life I haven't been able to, um, I could get before the presence of God and let it all go and I would gain my peace. It says, uh, and you know, we can't get God's peace through worldly methods, through taking pills or drugs or alcohol. You can only get God's peace one way and that's giving up your life that you might find it. In Job 14, verse 27, it says, not Job, I'm sorry, John um, 14, 27 says, my, Jesus said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful or be afraid. <clears throat> now, that's not, a, that's not an option, that's a command. And so when I'm, in, when I'm worrying and I'm fearful, I'm in disobedience to, the, to God, and I can lose my peace. <clears throat> because Jesus overcame the world, 
I can have peace. John 16, verse 20, verse 33 says, <clears throat> Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take, take courage. I have overcome the world. And because Jesus overcame the world, we can overcome it because he already won the victory at Calvary. The scripture says that Jesus Christ, full principalities and powers, made an open show of them at Calvary. And so we, because he overcame, we can overcame. We can overcome. And uh, my iPad jumped about 10 pages, so I've got to get back on there, get back on track. And, you know, we can have, we can have, um, let's see, let me find my place. In Ezekiel 34, it says that God has made a covenant of peace with us and that we can even live in the wilderness, which is a place of, uh, of unpredictableness because of this covenant of peace. And so that's a tremendous promise that I can live out in the woods. If, I've, if I'm walking in obedience to the Lord, I can live out in the woods, place of unpredictableness, and, um, and I'll be safe. And so when I have anxiety in my life, it will take away my peace. Psalm, uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but, by, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your uh, request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so when we dwell on um, impure thoughts, we lose our peace. God tells us, and it's not an option, that we're to dwell on pure thoughts. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is righteous, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there be anything excellent and if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And so God wants us to focus on what's pure, lovely, honorable, righteous, and of good report. And we can choose what we allow to rule us. In fact, it's our choice. God offers it. He says, come unto me because if you labor in a heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Uh, so it's it's something that we have to choose to do. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which you were called in one body and be thankful. And, you know, we've got so much to be thankful for and we can bite and complain. And, you know, if praise, if God inhabits my praises, then demons inhabit my moans and groans. And so... Uh, in in Ephesians, I mean, so in Romans chapter eight, it says, "Whatever we let control us becomes our master." So we have to choose who our master is going to be, and the devil will torment you with fear. Fear is really faith in what the devil's telling you, and the faith is faith in what God says. So we need to make peace with the with our enemy. Uh, the scripture says in James three eighteen, "And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace." By those who make peace, having the knowledge of God multiplies my peace. Second Peter one two says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord." And so, you know, we have to be diligent to be prayed up and repented up and confessed up. 
Second Peter three fourteen says, Therefore, beloved, since you are since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. And there's going to be a time when God removes peace from this earth. But we can have peace even when God takes away peace from the earth. And right now the the, the, the world looks very troubled, but there is some peace in places where the saints are uh, gathered to have their eyes fixed upon Jesus. Uh, we can have peace. But we can have peace even when God removes peace from this earth. Revelation 6, 4 says, And another horse, a red horse, went out, and to him who sat on it, it was it was granted to him to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and great and a great sword was given to him. And that's going to be happening. I mean, if we think it's not peaceful now, there'll be a time when all peace will be removed from the earth, but we can still have peace in the, in the midst of it. And some other things that take away our peace uh, is not believing God's going to keep you safe, and that comes in through not having a daddy that protected you. And so you need to forgive your father. If you had a dysfunctional father who didn't train you up in the way you should go and didn't protect you, you need to forgive him. And, you know, again, when I say forgive your mother and father, I'm not saying blame your mother and father. I'm saying that was a fact. They were poor stewards, and they probably had parents that were poor stewards of them, and they probably did the best they knew how. But it means that you're going to take accountability for the wrong way you responded by letting the sun go down on your anger and turning to false gods or promises you made yourself that when I get out of here, life's going to be different. And if I don't turn to God in my pain, I'm turning to something else, and that's idolatry. Uh, Psalm 4, 8 says, I will both lay down and sleep in peace, for you, Lord, make me dwell safely. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not He will not suffer your foot to be moved, but he will keep, and he that keepeth you will not slumber. So God never sleeps. Behold, um, he that keepeth Israel, and we are the Israel of God today, where the spiritual Israel, believers are, shall neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon their right hand. The sun will not smite thee by day or the moon by night. For the Lord shall preserve thee from evil and shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going in and coming out from this time forward, even forevermore. It's vain to, to rise up early and to retire late and to eat the bread of painful labors. For the Lord gives to his beloved even in his sleep. And so when I fail to make a place... Another thing that takes away my peace is when I fail to make a place for him in my spiritual temple. Um, you know, David couldn't give sleep to his eyes until he he built a physical temple for God. Well, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit today, so we have a spiritual temple. So Psalms 132 verse 4 says, I will not, I will not give sleep to mine eyes nor slumber to my eyelids until I find a place uh, for the Lord and a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Rebellion to God, uh, the lack of discipline from my parents, my own rebellion, my parents' rebellion uh, causes me to lose my peace. 
Proverbs three nineteen. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding he has established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them, that's the word of God, depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they shall uh, be life to thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shall you walk in your way safely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down and your sleep will be sweet. There's another scripture that says, The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. The fear of the Lord, it says in Proverbs, is to turn away from evil. And so if the fear of the Lord is to turn away from evil and I don't do that, I don't sleep. But when I fear the Lord, turn away from evil, uh, it says it will lead to life and I will sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. And entering into the path of the wicked and failure to walk the path uh, of righteousness will cause me to lose my peace. You know, the, the wicked cannot sleep until they do mischief. And so if you've been a person of mischief or you've had forefathers that have been people of, of mischief, uh, you, don't, you don't know peace. So Proverbs 4.14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked and do not go the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass by it. Turn from it and pass away. They, the wicked, uh, sleep not except they, that they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away cause someone to fail. For they eat the bread of, of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So the fear of the Lord leads to life. That's Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Another thing that takes away our sleep is selfish ambition, trying to build our own kingdom. Um, Ecclesiastes 5.12, we should be trying to build God's kingdom and whatever he gives us to be used for his kingdom. It it says in Ecclesiastes 5.12, people who work hard, sleep well whether they eat little or much but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep now there's nothing wrong with riches if god's blessed you for that but that shouldn't be your focus if you are want to be blessed of god uh, then be givers and what i mean is whatever you give you'll receive Um, by your standard measure it'll be measured back to you Ecclesiastes 5.13 says there is another serious problem I've seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the hoarder. Money is uh, put into risky investments and turns sour and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to an end of our lives and naked and empty handed as as on the day we were born we can't take our riches with us and this too is a very serious problem people leave this world no better off than they came and their hard work is for nothing like striving after the wind uh, ecclesiastes 5:17 says uh, speaking of a fool throughout their life they eat in darkness with great vexation sickness and anger 
And so we talked about last time, we talked about pain and how vexation of heart is at the root of pain. And so when we have God's peace, it removes the vexation of our heart. And in Ezekiel 34, verse 25, it says, and I've already shared this, but that he'll make a covenant of peace with us and we can even live out in the woods and be safe. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was agitated of heart, and it says his sleep left him in Daniel 2, 1. And so some other things that keep us from sleeping is a, is a defiled, guilty conscience uh, keeps us from sleeping. Uh, scary movies. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, you know, I, I really can't sleep at night. I just feel like there's somebody behind my door. Or I, when I walk through a parking lot, I feel like there's somebody there to get me. And I'd say, well, have you ever watched horror, scary horror, horror movies? And they'd say, oh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of those. And see, that's where that comes in. And parents, don't let your kids watch horror, horror scary movies because, they're they're receiving the demons of those movies because those are seeds of fear, terror, horror, panic, and and you do the same to yourself. And pornography, uh, looking at pornography, reading novels and books that are occult related. Nowadays, there's Harry Potter and all kinds of occult games and occult books and occult video games. And uh, if your children are doing these things, you need to. Uh, you need to research what is the root of these things. And I can tell you 99.9% of them are rooted in witchcraft. And you're really causing your children to be full of demons by letting them, allowing them to watch TV. The other day I was, and this is so true, that TV is Illuminati mind control. Illuminati is the highest satanic organization in the world. Uh, On the dollar bill here in America, the all-seeing eye. That's a symbol of the Illuminati. Um, and underneath there's a bunch of uh, words written in, I don't know it's, what it is, if it's in Greek or what, but it means one world order. And so uh, they're, they're behind that in, you know, more modern terms is the establishment. You hear the establishment Republicans, the establishment Democrats, the establishment, they're rooted in Illuminati, which is the one world order. So TV is Illuminati mind control, and I, I'm, I believe that with all my heart. The Bible says, uh, you know, David said, I'll, I'll not set my eyes on evil, which could be another route to eye problems. Uh, under covenants of death, there's covenants of life that we make with Jesus, but if we're under a covenant of death, if we had forefathers that were uh, Satanist or into witch, witchcraft or into voodoo or into Freemasonry or into any kind of occult uh, religion, they make covenants of death. And if you break those covenants, it opens you up to sickness and death. And those those things can be broken. Generational iniquities of the forefathers, not being nurtured and protected as children, being sexually abused as a child, uh, being put through satanic rituals. Uh, being born under the wrong refuge, you know, God is our refuge and strength. Uh, and you pictured, if you picture God's refuge like Psalms 91, like a big umbrella, be born outside of the umbrella where the fiery darts fly versus under the umbrella where it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under his shadow and protection. 
another thing that takes away our peace is uh, children. Um, we had to be the protector, and we've already talked about that. That takes away your peace, so you got to vow to stay awake. I know one particular girl, um, she ha- she vowed to stay awake because her daddy was an alcoholic, and he was molesting her brother, trying to molest her sister, molested her. So she vowed, I'll stay awake and protect brothers and sisters. And I can tell you today, she's still the protector and gets very little sleep at night. But God wants to set her free. And, Lord, I ask you to touch her life right now. In Jesus' name, you know who she is. Uh, another thing is bad things happen to when at, my, at night when, I'm, uh, when I was a child, and that's another reason I can't sleep. Uh, if all of these things happen to you, you need ministry. And uh, I encourage you that um, I, have a, I have a seminar in, in Duncanville, Texas, uh, once a month. And if you'll come, we'll pray for you. Also, I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday. Prayer teams that pray for people from 6 o'clock in the morning to 8 or 9 o'clock. Um, and so you need ministry. You need a lot of it. You know, deliverance is James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. God doesn't want you to be tormented. He, he doesn't want you to uh, be sleepless. Uh, he wants you to be happy and blessed. And, the, and uh, the more you repent of your sin and the sins of your forefathers, the happier you'll be, the more delivered you'll be. Uh, and here's some things to check before you go to bed at night. Uh, and I do this, First John 1, 9. Ask God before you go to sleep at night. When I get in bed, it's the last thing I do. Lord, is there any sin that I need to confess before I go to sleep? Because you don't know where you're going to end up in eternity. You don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning or not. I've had to... I've known three people uh, recently that was not expected to die. One was about 25 or 6 years old, and one was my hairdresser who was uh, in perfect health. Another was my grandson-in-law that was, when he got on his F-18 Hornet back in December, uh, he was a fighter pilot. His plane went down south of Japan, and when he got on that plane, he didn't know that he wasn't going to come off of it, and he was killed. People that should we were expected to live a lot longer than they did. You don't know where you're going to wake up in eternity. Uh, thankfully, that one of the one of the things of my grandson-in-law was a checklist that he had before he before he'd get on this plane. Um, he always his on his checklist of how you check a thing when you're fixing a flight plane. One of it was First John one nine. If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so I have no doubt that he was in eternity, but uh, he was prayed up and confessed up when he entered eternity. And that's the way I want, that's the way I want to be. I don't want to face God with anything that I haven't dealt with in my heart. Um, am I doing that because I'm paranoid or uh, walking around in fear? No, I'm doing it because I want to please the Lord. And that's my only motivation. So deal with your issues. Deal with your anger, your fear, your hurt, your unforgiveness, your worry. Don't go to bed with that baggage. Deal with it. And, the, and when you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of these things. You say, well, how do I get over my fear? How do I give over my anger? You just let it go. And I like to use this illustration. This is how I've overcome fear. Is Lord, you hear what the devil's telling me? Lord, if that would bring you greater glory and honor, for that to happen, so be it. The devil, you can't touch me in the name of Jesus. Now, that's the perfect love that casts out fear. That's saying, God, I trust you so much with my life. You know what I need, if I need it, when I need it, 
if I need it, when to give it to me. And I do like Abraham did Isaac. It didn't sound like a good thing for, for God to tell uh, Abraham to take Isaac up the mountain and put a knife to him. But that's what I do with my fears. Now, if there's no fear there, God says you have not because you ask not. So you don't pray that way if you're if there's no fear. But if you're tormented by fear, the only thing that's over, going to overcome that fear is just to let it go. It's the same with anger. You know, we all have people that we love that have shut us out of their life, and you just have to let it go. I mean, I have I have family members that have shut me out of their life, but I have to forgive them, and I have to let it go if I never have a relationship with them. But, you know, I know that's, I know that's not going to be the case because when you've been praying for people for uh, 43 years and they're only 30 years old, you know it's a done deal. <laughs> so I praise the Lord for that. But in the meantime, you know, there's hurt, there's offense, and you just have to let it go and you have to choose to forgive and Forgiveness is not an emotion, it's a choice. You know, anger is an emotion, bitterness is an emotion, but forgiveness is a choice, and you choose to forgive um, because you don't want to be turned over to the tormentors. And so don't go to bed with all this baggage. Confess your sins before you go to bed at night, and you'll sleep in peace. Um, Let go of your life. And don't expect to have a peaceful sleep if you can drink caffeine and and go right to sleep Uh, because there's a good uh, stage of sleep that that when you drink caffeine, even though if you go to sleep, you don't reach that deep, healthy sleep that you could receive if you didn't drink it. Besides, caffeine will destroy your adrenal glands and you'll have adrenal fatigue and... um, Praise the Lord. And so don't expect to get good sleep if you're drinking caffeine or taking speed. I used to be addicted to diet pills and caffeine. Praise God, he set me free. Uh, Be content to stay awake all night instead of um, being frustrated or angry because you can't sleep. You know, sometimes people don't sleep because they have a fear they won't sleep. And so if that's the case, be prepared to stay awake all night if that's what God wants. But but use it to be profitable. Read the Bible. I remember when my my husband left me with a with a twelve year old boy and a eight year old boy. It would be I'd try to sleep and I'd be tormented in my sleep. It'd be like I was asleep but I was still awake, and I would wake up just sweating. My hair would be wet. My my bed clothes would be wet. And one night I said, "Okay, devil, if you're going to wake me up, it's going to be profitable." I'm going to hit you right between the eyes with the word of God. So I put my Bible on my nightstand, and one time he woke me up. I started reading the Bible, and never again has the devil kept me awake. I guarantee you, if the devil's tormenting you to keep you awake, I guarantee you that uh, he will let you go to sleep because he does not want you reading the Bible. And so here's some foods that help you sleep. (laughs) You know, it's good to have a little snack before you go to bed. You know, almonds, milk, bananas, honey, black seed, potatoes, whole wheat bread, turkey, oatmeal. These are things that promote sleep. Um, Get proper exercise and play the word of God when you sleep. When I first started doing this in 1990, my house had an intercom all through the house, and uh, I would play the word of God. And when I first started doing this in 1990, and I'm still doing it today, and it's 2017, 
when I first started playing the Word of God, there'd be a voice in me would be saying, ah, turn that off. And I'd just say, you demon that wants me to Bible off, get out of me. And I tell you, I got a lot of deliverance just doing that. And today I sleep so soundly, and it's because I play the Word of God as loud as I'm talking to you now because I want to clearly hear it. I don't want it to be muffled in the other room. And um, you say, well, you know, how do you sleep with, with all that noise going on? You know what? You can read the Bible and you'll want to get sleepy because the devil doesn't want you to read the Bible. And um, in the Song of Solomon, it says, I was asleep, but my spirit man was awake. And your spirit never sleeps. And so when you're playing the word of God over your spiritual garden, you're planting seeds of the word of God in your spiritual garden. And so uh, besides the devil, don't want to torment you because he don't want to have to listen to the word of God. So um, I'm going to give you a little opportunity. I hope the Lord has shown you some things that you need to repent of. And I'm going to lead you in repentance. And I'm going to do some deliverance. And then I'm going to share a little bit about the ministry. And if anybody... If anybody wants prayer, uh, you can call in at 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1, and I'll pray for you personally. And so anyway, so I'm going to lead you in repentance. And so, Lord, pray with me if you're listening. Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. Lord Jesus, I want to receive you as my Savior and Lord. Father, I have... Uh, had a head knowledge of you, but it's never got down in my heart because, Lord, I haven't denied myself to take up my cross and follow you. And I want to do that now, Lord. I want to walk a walk of holiness. I want to let go of my life that I might find it. And I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. And I ask you to remove uh, the um, spirit of insomnia from me. In Jesus' name, I, I, in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you to remove the addictions to sleep medications. If I'm taking medications to sleep, God, in the name of Jesus, um, I just renounce all the drugs I've taken. And I ask you, Lord, to show me how to uh, break the addictions to sleep medication. Forgive me for sorcery, discontentment not being satisfied. Uh, God, forgive me for not fixing my eyes upon you, the author and perfecter of my faith. Lord, forgive me for not having a steadfast mind. Forgive me for a discontentment and not entering your rest. Lord Jesus, you said to come unto you when I labor and I'm heavy laden and you'll give me rest. And Lord, I come to you now. I take your yoke on my neck. And I choose to learn from you. Thank you that it's light and easy and I'll find rest for my soul. God, forgive me for never being satisfied, wanting more than I have, uh, not being gratified mentally and emotionally, satisfied with things as they are. Forgive me, Lord, for not having peace of mind. Uh, Forgive me for not having mental and emotional satisfaction. Forgive me for not giving attention to your word and not inclining my ear to your saying. Forgive me for letting your word depart from my sight and from not keeping your word in the midst of my heart so that it would be life to, to me and health to my body. Forgive me for not watching over my heart with diligence. God, forgive me for not uh, watching over my children's heart. Forgive me for planting things down in my heart 
that's producing thorns and thistles instead of good fruit. Lord, you've left me your peace, and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're my shepherd. <clears throat> I thank you, Lord, that you um, you watch over me. You lead me in places of provision. You lead me beside peaceful waters. You lead me in paths of righteousness. You pre- you prepare a table before me. Forgive me for listening to the voice of my stra- of the stranger. Forgive me for not getting proper exercise. Forgive me for not loving the word of God and playing the word of God over me. Uh, I want to say this while I'm praying. I have a precious friend that wanted to li- wants to listen to the word of God so much. Her husband doesn't want to listen to it. But she listens with an ear plug in her ear. She listens to the word of God. So if you want to listen to it bad enough, you can. Um, Lord, forgive me for not confessing my sin. I want to do that now. Forgive me for not letting go of my life. I choose to do that now. Lord, I forgive my parents for dysfunction, for not childhood trauma, for not training me up to be safe and taken care of. Uh, forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger, my fear, my hurt, my unforgiveness, my worry. Forgive me for worry and fear. Uh, God, forgive me. Remind me to get things right before I go to bed. I forgive my parents that when I grew up, bad things happened at night, and I vowed that I was going to stay awake and watch and protect myself. I forgive my parents that I wasn't born under your refuge. I was born outside of your refuge. I forgive my forefathers and my parents, if they did, for putting me through satanic rituals. Forgive me for not loving your law. I forgive the people I live with that hate peace. Lord, forgive me for not walking the paths of righteousness, pleasant paths. I forgive my parents for putting the government on my shoulders. Lord, it belongs on your shoulders. And I want you to reach up and take the government off your shoulders and put it on Jesus' shoulders. Forgive me for wickedness that has caused me to not be able to sleep. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness toward others. Forgive me for not walking in an upright way. Forgive me for having a a troubled and fearful mind. Forgive me for not overcoming these things. Forgive me for succumbing to the lies of the world, turning to the world for answers instead of turning to you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me that that I've turned aside. Um, I've become useless. I haven't done good. My throat has been an open grave. With my tongue, I've kept on deceiving. The poison of acid has been under my my tongue. And my mouth has been full of cursing and bitterness. My feet have run swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery has been in my path. And the path of peace I have not known. And Lord, forgive me. There's been no fear of God before my eyes. Forgive me for doing evil, which has opened me up to tribulation and distress. Uh, Forgive me for not doing good so I could receive glory, honor, and peace. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness in my life and not making peace. 
sowing seeds of peace. Forgive me for not pursuing peace with all men and the sanctification a holiness without which I won't even see you, Lord. Forgive me for not turning away from evil men. Forgive me for uh, not being able to sleep because um, I I'm, can't sleep because I have to do mischief before I can sleep. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Peace is the fruit of my of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace. Lord, I just put on the whole armor of God and I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Forgive me for anxiety in my heart that's caused my peace to vanish. Forgive me for being anxious for everything and not by prayer and supplication making my request be known to you. God, forgive me for not uh, thinking on things that are honorable, things that are lovely, things that are right and pure, uh, good report, uh, excellent things. Worthy, things that are worthy of praise. Forgive me for not dwelling on those things. Uh, Lord, I choose for you to be my master. Uh, forgive me for letting worry and fear uh, control me. I want your peace. I choose for your peace to rule in my heart. Forgive me for not sowing seeds of peace. Forgive me for not being diligent to be confessed up and prayed up. Thank you, Lord, that when I am in a covenant of peace, that I can have peace. Even when you remove peace from the earth, you won't remove it from your saints. In Jesus' name. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Lord, I make a place for you in my spiritual temple. Forgive me for rebellion. I forgive my parents for the lack of discipline. Forgive me for, uh, I take accountability for the rebellion of my parents. Forgive me for not fearing you so that I could turn away from evil, sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Forgive me for entering the path of the wicked and not walking the highway of holiness. Forgive me for being a stumbling block to other people, doing mischief, hurting other people, not having the fear of God. Forgive me for trying to build my own kingdom. Forgive me for selfish ambition. Forgive me for greediness and selfishness. Forgive me for being agitated and angry, letting the sun go down on my anger. I ask you to cleanse my conscience, Lord, from all defilement by the blood of Jesus. Give me a clear conscience, Lord. Forgive me for all the scary movies that I've watched. I pull down, uproot, pluck out all the negative seeds that have been planted through evil movies, through pornography, through novels and books. Lord, I break all covenants of death that my forefathers made that have put me under the wrong covenant. I take accountability for the generational iniquities of forefathers of everything I've confessed. Lord, I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through the generational iniquities of the forefathers. 
I forgive my parents for not nurturing me and not protecting me. I forgive them for uh, allowing me to be sexually abused, uh, putting me through satanic rituals. I forgive my parents that I was born outside of your refuge, and probably they were too. Lord, I come under your refuge. I thank you that the name of the Lord is a strong power that I can run into it and be safe. I for, Lord, I forgive my parents that I had to be their, their protector, their mama, their daddy. I forgive my parents that bad things happened to me through babysitters or through parents taking me to bars or, or taking me to rituals or wherever I was taken where I didn't feel safe. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just uh, break soul ties with all the people that have hurt me or all the people that I've held unforgiveness toward. I choose to forgive them. Uh, Lord, I just let all of my troubles go. Uh, I want, Lord, I want to, um, I want to let everything go, Lord. And I pray from now on in the future that when I go through something, you'll remind me to ask you what it is you're trying to teach me through what I go through so that I can go, so that when I go to sleep at night, I can sleep sweet and help me let go of all the baggage of that day to make sure my heart is right with you when I go to sleep at night. I ask it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, I break the power of every bondage. I break the power of every spirit that has lied to each person. I break the power of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness, guilt, shame, embarrassment, fear of being hurt, fear of being molested, fear of being tortured. I break the vows. I'll stay awake. Uh, I break the power of those vows that they they spoke, that they'll stay awake that, so they can protect themselves. I break the power of self-protection. I break the power of all the seeds that have been planted in their life through negative, through movies, through TV, through uh, being programmed, through mind control. I pull down that brood and pluck out all those negative seeds from their spiritual gardens in Jesus' name. I break the power of bitterness. I break the power of unforgiveness, torture, torment. I break the power of anger, rage. I break the power of resentment, jealousy, envy, hurt. I break the power of vexation. I break the power of every spirit that has blocked the truth that sets them free. I bind every spirit of lies and unbelief and doubt. In the name of Jesus, I tear down all these strongholds. I cast down in every life, every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And in Jesus' name, I take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. I punish every disobedience because my obedience is complete in Jesus' name. Now, I'm just going to, um, and and pray with me, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wherever a demon power left, I have to be filled with your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to share a little bit about the ministry, and then if nobody calls in, we'll be through. And I I look forward to... um, talking to you again in two weeks or ministering again the first and second I'm for the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time Um, you can go to my website jerrymcgee.com that's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com and there's lots of free articles you can print out there's a lot of free CDs with deliverance prayers you can listen to uh, you can go to uh, Blog Talk Radio, Dorothy Carruthers, and you can pull up her archives of messages that we've spoken. Also go to OmegaMan.com and go into their archives and get message. You can look up messages 
that I've taught on uh, YouTube. Um, but Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978 by my late husband, Bob McGee. And uh, it wasn't a deliverance ministry when it started out, but I've been in deliverance for 35 years. And uh, basically, deliverance in a nutshell is James 4, 6, give your, 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll have to flee. If you want prayer, call in to 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. Uh, I have a meeting in Duncanville, Texas. Uh, the second Saturday of each month, it starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, if you'll go into my website and sign up for my email, uh, we'll uh, notify you of when where our meetings are, of Lake Hamilton Bible Camp when we're there and some other places that I'll be speaking, uh, maybe in a city near you. Uh, I'll be in Lake Hamilton Bible Camp um, June 30th through July the 4th. Um, also, August the third, um, 31st through uh, September the 3rd for Labor Day. Um, I'll be in York, Pennsylvania, uh, September 28th through 30th. I'll be in uh, a little town near Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, on July the 28th through 30th. I'll be in Corpus Christi in September, and that, that date's not been set yet. But uh, I want to encourage you to come to the meetings, and we'll give you personal uh, prayer time. Uh, the meetings are the meetings in Duncanville are free. If you want to go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, you can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com. dot uh, com. I don't know of a place in America where you can get greater deliverance than going to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. You know, if you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area, if you'll call me at nine zero three. 882-1965 or you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net um, and uh, you know I want to make make known a need I have I need somebody that knows how to to uh, update a website so if you're that person would you email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net that's g-e-r-i-m-c-g-h-e-e at sbcglobal.net. I appreciate you listening in. We appreciate those of you who give to the ministry. Um, The ministry has needs, and so we just appreciate all that you've done to help us, and we appreciate you listening. And so if nobody's calling in, I'm just going to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace. God bless you.